This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Liz Peak, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, Steve Moore, chief economist of Freedom Works and Committee to Unleash Prosperity and the author of Govzilla, uh... I got a couple things for you kids, but Liz, I got your uh, I got your column on Elon Musk. Uh, the key word here, the key, the key, the money sentence. My bet is on Musk. I love that. Now we just talked about this with Ken Paul Carey and Stephanie Link, two very good market people. But you're saying my bet is on Musk. Uh, let's see. The original offer was fifty two dollars and twenty cents, forty four billion. So the stock closed. In moonlight trading at $35.04, down 5%. As I, go, I just was going online looking at their profile, Liz. I love this. Uh, earnings per share on a trailing 12-month basis, zero. But 0. 0.24, right? I'll call that zero. And the price-earnings ratio on the same basis is 152. Now, I wouldn't want to buy that with those kinds of numbers, okay? That's point number one. Point number two uh, for my way of looking at life, um, I mean, I think Elon, th- this is just one chapter in a long, I don't think he's going to walk away. I think he's going to get it. I think the Twitter people have been lying through their teeth from day one. They know how bad it is. But if he doesn't buy it, who's going to buy it? You know, I, I think it was Stefan, and it might have been Paul Carey. He said the stock's going to open at 20 on Monday. And my yeah. response to that is, um, the difference between 20 and zero uh, could evaporate very fast because I don't know who's going to buy this turkey. Well, okay, so I I agree. I mean, I think that uh, the real question is how badly has Twitter manipulated their numbers? How dishonest have they been with shareholders, the SEC, and with Elon Musk? Because Elon Musk is not a fool. I mean, for him and his advisors and his law firm, uh, to basically charge uh, Twitter with not being responsive to his demands, which, by the way, seem to me particularly or a completely reasonable demands. He wants to know basically how many average daily users are there, and if 10% or 20% of them are spam or bots or whatever you want to call them, the, the business is worth an awful lot less uh, than Twitter's management is indicating, saying that's only 5%. So it seems to me he's within his rights to want to know the details of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the value of the company, it, it's a pretty substantial platform. I mean, yes, it's not making money. Obviously, Musk's uh, intentions were to create a business model where it would make more money. Uh, you know, not clear that that could happen. But is this also a vanity project for Musk? Maybe. And and good for him. I mean, I'd love to see him, even if it doesn't make much money for him, uh, really create an open, honest forum where everybody is treated the same. You know, there's I mean, there's a lot to like here. I just I think that Musk obviously bid too much, uh, both, you know, before and after he made that bid. The tech stocks were under enormous pressure. They still are or at least maybe they're bottoming now. But, uh, you know, I think he paid too much. I think you're right. My guess is there'll be another chapter, and it could be Musk who comes back and buys it, but at a lower price. 
Steve Moore, I, I want to look at the politics of this. I mean, this is a front-page story every time. Elon Musk attracts front-page coverage, <laughs> yeah. all right? Uh, the mainstream media... Well, you know, Larry, they, he, he's almost like Donald Trump the way he nom- yes. he's dominating. Yes. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> that's exa- By the way, I, <laughs> I, 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 I called him. the Don- He's the Donald Trump of Silicon Valley Wall Street. He's, you know, uh, uh, he's like gales of creative destruction. That's what Elon <laughs> Musk does. Yeah. So, but, yeah. so this guy comes out, and the original thing, he wants to buy it to establish free speech... Right. The mainstream Mm -hmm. media hates free speech. And worse than that, worse than that, he then comes out and says he's going to vote Republican in the (laughs) congressional elections. And then even worse than that, Steve Moore, he comes out and says, look, I voted for this this gal who won the congressional primary in South Mm -hmm. Texas. I don't remember her name. So he's just doing everything. So the the mainstream media hates the guy. So what do you make of this? Uh, well, too bad he wasn't born in the United States, right? Or he could be the next Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, I want to respond to what what um, what you guys were talking about with respect to the business aspect of this. I never really got the. I really never understood by Twitter. Why, why not just start your own Twitter? I mean, you know, for tens of billions of dollars, you, this is this idea that these big you know, tech platforms are monopolies is crazy. This is the wild west out there. And it seems to me that, you know, our guys should do what Trump and others are trying to do is just create alternative platforms that don't discriminate against conservative voices. And they, they can do quite well uh, out there. So, um, you know, let he should take the, how much was he going to buy it for? $30 billion? Think 44. Of 44. What was it? 44. Yeah, think, of, think of what he could build with $44 billion. So, um, by the way, I, uh, my kids don't really use Twitter anymore. They've moved on to TikTok and other, you know, other kinds of platforms. So, you know, this is an always evolving, uh, you know, Internet. And you, you put it very well. There's these creative gales of destruction, especially in social networking. He's a disruptor. He is like Trump. By the way, I just want to say proudly we have this burgeoning Instagram site. Uh-huh. For uh-huh. me and the show. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. And people are responding. Well, that, but that's Liz, exactly my point, Larry. That's exactly my point. You don't, I mean, do you have a Twitter account? You probably do. Well, but... I, I, I used to be very, very active on Twitter. Um, right. And then I went to Washington and I stopped for obvious reasons. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Also, you know, I had a lot of followers, but I get, I grew weary. Like my followers, many of them defended me, but. The people that don't like me, I mean, they're, they're poisonous. I mean, I got tired yeah. of reading them. <laughs> it's like, I said, I, I'm not really that bad. I mean, it's just that. It's, <laughs> but Liz, is it? <laughs> I mean, it kind of gets to you. You, know, you, you, you. you dial up your Twitter account before you go to bed, and you see with these these attacks on you, and you can't sleep all night. It's like I'm, like I'm a murderer, are killer. Kill, are you still killing those puppies? <laughs> yes, that's what it's like. But Liz, how? I mean, is it to Steve's uh, question? Uh, would must be. I mean, how hard is it to start one? Uh, very hard. I yeah, mean, look what is. Trump has uh, tried to do, and it's just not. In my view, it's not really going anywhere. Parlor is maybe uh, a good example too, because you actually have very smart, very capable people behind that platform, and it still is actually nowhere. 
Um, look, I, I'm, Twitter is different than, Steve, what your kids are interested in. T- Twitter has become sort of the go-to place for people who do what we do. I mean, it's very, very mm-hmm. active, mm. uh, actively used by people in the media. Uh, people want to promote television and, and things they write, et cetera, et cetera. It's a little and different. Po- I mean, Instagram politics. is a different thing. TikTok's really different. Um, Twitter has a real place, and I think it ta- it's not – it's not easy to create something like this, uh, is the answer. By the way, Steve Moore, I want to throw TikTok out of the country. Yeah. TikTok is an instrumentality of the Chinese Communist Party. All the user information goes right to, to their central committee, uh, by law, by Chinese law. And I, you know, Trump tried to sell it to get rid of it. We couldn't do that. Red, the clock ran out. Um, I, don't, I mean, I want to get rid of TikTok. That's Chinese... Chinese spying operations, all it is. Well, you may be right about that. And, and, and the fact that China is really emerging in these social media platforms is all the more reason we shouldn't tear down ours. You know, I don't understand yes. this word. No, that's Google a great point. Amazon. Yeah. I mean, no, no. the only benefits of all this antitrust legislation, I'm very worried about this Klobuchar bill that went break up big tech. And a lot of my conservative friends on Capitol Hill are in favor of that. The problem is the big beneficiaries of that are going to be the Chinese. Mm. You know yeah. what? I think you're absolutely right. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. And um, we should have strict espionage laws, which we actually do. We have CFIUS, uh, but uh, they get away with murder. And that's not good. Uh, listen, uh, Robert, <clears throat> Robert O'Brien and John Radcliffe and I are going to, you know, we wrote this letter with a whole bunch of other people uh, mm-hmm. to uh, Pelosi and Biden and, and Schumer, of course, got nowhere. But we're going to put an op-ed piece up in the journal, you know, making the case again. because About yeah. TikTok? Well, Liz, it's, um, it's, O'Bri- it's more general that okay. O'Brien is the leader here, national security advisor. Um, what you were saying, as Steve was saying, if you tear down our tech companies, whether they're social media or tech uh, you know, and some of the companies do both, uh, and they do some great work, uh, you know, for example, in artificial intelligence. We're the world leader. It's coming from these companies. And we don't want to slaughter them. We don't want to destroy them because you're helping China. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's a key point. And look, at uh, Steve Mnuchin, at Trump's uh, direction, tried to sell, you know, we were looking at deals with TikTok and, and uh, ByteDance, the uh, parent. Right. Um, uh, we thought we had a deal with Microsoft. It just didn't pan. We didn't have enough time. That's the basic point. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, I'd like to throw them out. Let's, can we talk about this Kim Strassel article? I mean, here's this guy, Biden, uh, really surrounded by dummies, okay? <laughs> dummies. And uh, his whole presidency has collapsed for all the reasons that the three of us have talked about for the last uh, year plus. And um, he hasn't fired anybody. He hasn't fired his economics people. He hasn't fired his goofy climate change radicals. He hasn't fired his national security people. Uh, In just 18 months, he's taken a very strong economy, running it into the ground. Uh, COVID disaster, Afghanistan disaster, right? Uh, Drug shortages, border disasters, inflation disasters, energy disasters, baby formulas, and nobody gets fired in the Biden administration. Uh, Steve Moore, I go to you. Uh, how can this be? 
how dumb can he be? <laughs> so we have a, a big study that will be coming out in a couple of days, Larry, so I'll give you the um, kind of scoop on this uh, on the Kudlow Show. Um, we looked at the top 80 uh, appointees in the, in the Biden administration um, mm. that deal with economics and commerce, and the, uh, the median years of business experience is zero. <laughs> Zero. Oh, wow. Um, wow. More than more than half have no business experience. The the mean is about two years of business experience. So these people don't know anything about anything. Um, mm-hmm. And they are. You're right. They are ideologues. Uh, and by the way, in, in the Trump administration, you know, it was, you know, six or seven years of business experience. So in the in the in the uh, <clears throat> Biden administration, they're all lawyers, activists, uh, university professors. Uh, or just people who've been involved in politics their whole life. And you look at these people like Jennifer Granholm and Pete Budishak, would you even hire them to run a lemonade stand? Mm. <laughs> I mean, really, they, they are complete ideologues who've never run or managed anything. None of them have been fired. And I think that's because this is what Biden wants. He wants ideologues in these positions. And I, one last thing about this. If Joe Biden called me tomorrow and said, Steve Coleman, I want your advice about what to do. What, what Joe Biden needs to do if he's going to save his presidency is I would tell him, you know what? Hire somebody like a Fred Smith or an Elon Musk or someone who knows something about just logistics and running things. Just put them in charge. You go out and give your speeches. Put somebody in charge who knows something. There's nobody, Larry, who's over there that you would trust with the economy or national security. I can't think of a single one. I thought it would be John Yellen, but she's been a profound disappointment. Mm. Well, I, w- I agree. You know, we had, uh, Liz, we had in the Trump group um, a ton of people who came out of business. Uh, you know, just um, at our level, you had uh, <clears throat> Wilbur Ross, right, was the Commerce mm-hmm. Secretary. Yep. Yep. You had Stephen Mnuchin uh, at Treasury, Had you know, had spent – all those years at Goldman Sachs and then mm-hmm. you know, be, became yep. a banker and a movie producer. I mean, we understood business. I, I spent all those years on Wall Street. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you just you don't have that, Liz. And I, it shows. And I, I you know, I, I think that Kim Strassel's exactly right. Yeah, uh, how I would agree 100 he... percent. I think, though, we, none of us should be surprised by this. This was also the game plan in the Obama White House. I remember writing columns about how there was no business expertise in the Obama White House. In fact, I wrote a thing for the Daily Beast about, you know, the Obama kids should start a lemonade stand to to (laughs) Steve's point just because someone in the White House should know about profit and loss. Uh, That is not what act, you know, what motivates or guides Democrat policymaking. They don't really look for effectiveness. They don't look for answers. They look for uh, you know, checking ideological boxes that kind of uh, are, hap- are are sort of pleasing to their base. But I think now the Biden administration is in such a pickle. I mean, I, just, I went online this morning and looked, as I frequently do, at his approval ratings. It is unimaginable that they're getting worse, but they mm. are. Mm. Uh, and you know, what was the number? Point, what's what's the latest number? Well, I think it was 38, but one, one of them out there is pretty credible, is 36. And mm. I mean, it's that's just really horrible. Isn't he uh, in the uh, on the economy stuff, inflation, and so forth? Isn't he like in the high 20s? Well, and and by the way, with some subgroups like young people and Hispanics in the 20s, I mean, you know, no one imagined it would be this bad. But 
as far as I can see, it is not going to get any better because they have no solutions to anything. And, it, and I think Kim's right that at a point like this, um, and I'd say particularly after the midterms, this will be true, they have got to do something to show that they're at least aware, and in this man's case, that is an uphill battle to convince Americans that he's aware of anything, but at least they understand things aren't going well. And honestly, the way he trots around the country talking about how great his economy is, you know, it sounds like he doesn't understand. Let me just read you something real quick from this. Homeland Security Alexandra Mayorkas might be handling a border crisis were he not busy interviewing Mary Poppins to head a disinformation (laughs) board. Attorney General Merrick Garland is too tied up tracking parents at school board meetings and tackle uh, violent crime. Interior Secretary Deb Haaland blew through a deadline for a new offshore leasing plan to increase oil supply, focused as she is on creating a Truth and Healing Commission. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, charged with unsnarling COVID supply chain snags, was last seen unveiling a $1 billion pilot project to promote racial equity in America's roads. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra was last seen never. (laughs) Right? I mean, Javier is probably the... Uh, the best politician in the lot because he's just under the yeah. desk. He doesn't want to even show up. But Well, Larry, I think a corollary to this is also that apparently the, the rate of staff leaving, exiting the White House is at unprecedented levels. And, mm. you know, the Trump White House had some chaotic moments, to be sure, and a lot of people <laughs> didn't last. This one apparently is off the charts. I, didn't, I wasn't even aware of that. But there is, it, it is just, think, it's just in terrible shape. You know, the other side is the national security side with the bungling in Afghanistan, which in many ways I think was the beginning of the end of the Biden presidency. I mean, he, that after that, yes. e- everything seemed to fall apart. Um, but you had, uh, you know, they're always uh, a dollar short and a day late in the Ukraine. Um, uh, Blinken goes to Alaska to some meeting uh, with the Chinese high command and, and all they do is yell at him, and he doesn't say anything. Uh, their diplomacy is broken. The military stuff, I mean, really, uh, Milley, General Milley, uh, is more interested in a woke uh, military, it seems, than he is to, um, you know, bolstering our defenses against our enemies. And I, I thought know, for sure yeah. after Afghanistan, heads would roll, but they never did. Yeah. You know, you're right about what's going on in the Defense Department. I've, I've talked to a number of people who are telling me exactly what you just said. And these are pretty high-level uh, who've been in the, in, the, um, in the Defense Department for many years. They're, they're saying that the number one priority of, the, of our military right now in the brass at the top is climate change, mm-hmm. not keeping us— Keeping our country safe. I mean, that's so. Everything is green energy stuff, you know, with our tanks and our and our planes and so on. So it's it's a, it's real. It is it is a danger to the security of this country. No question about it. I mean, here you got Yellen, who runs around the globe, talking about the existential <laughs> climate change risk, right, and telling everybody the solution to hundred dollar oil and a little less than five dollar gasoline is uh is renewables mm. i mean it's just it's not credible nobody okay. believes that i mean change don't you know that then, 
Then you have this guy, uh, the one running the EPA, Liz, now wants stricter and stricter ozone regulations, which would shut down the Permian Basin, which produces 43% of our oil. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I read about that because my head exploded when I saw that. Really? That came out after the week in which everybody in the world, including Democrats, were hammering Joe Biden on the gasoline prices and not producing enough gas, uh, oil and gas at home. How could they even contemplate? Does that guy ever talk to the White House? Does he read the newspapers? How could they contemplate impacting Permian Basin output? And by the way, it's not just 43 percent of production. It's 40 percent of drilling. So it's not like an old field that isn't necessary to our future. I, you know, they I, again, they don't have any solutions uh, and I think at the end of the day, they're going to have to, I think Ken's right, they're going to have to fire a whole bunch of people just to tell the country we care, because that is what the messaging problem is right now, according to Democrats. Americans don't feel that Joe Biden understands how bad things have gotten. And by the way, there's another thing we haven't uh, talked about and not many people are talking about, which is COVID. COVID is actually not great right now. We've got cases and hospitalizations increasing. The FDA is dragging their feet. Um, I would argue, actually, the Afghanistan thing began the polling slide, but so did the fact that you had a surge in COVID after Biden did a victory lap and said it was over. It's not over, and this could be the next big thing. Thanks, kids. Liz Peake and Steve Moore, thank you ever so much.